0: Music. It's week two and I am cruising. If you do it, I'll be bruising. Okay, I'm done. That was good though. I like when I look up and Sims has a look in his eye like, uh I can tell when you're uh-oh. going, when you're going
1: in full go.
0: What is up? Hey, look, we got Jonathan Picarello saying first time watching live. Let's go. That's right. Sims and Lefko after week two, breaking it down. A little bit more positive this week because I think you got what? We, we got almost every single game Right. Uh, I got what? the
1: two night games wrong, oh, Thursday yeah. night and Sunday night. That's so it. far, just as far as picking, and then I mean as far as our bets go, oh, I, got, you're I hit like all over the $1, big $1, ones. I should be. Yes, you're feeling
0: good. Feeling uh, good. Hope everybody has been enjoying their weekend. Hope your teams are good and they're not and two. A little bit later, we're going to get into which of these and two teams has a chance to actually make the playoffs. It's dire straits, uh, but we want to start off with the big game from yesterday. Yeah. And that was, uh, first off, we got to thank Ford. Because Ford, you're the best. Thanks, bros. You guys are great. Build Ford Tough. They don't just set the bar. They are the bar. We're going to have our, our big Ford players after the Denver-Dallas game. But Denver-Dallas was undoubtedly the big game of the day. A lot of people were shocked by it. Right. I only know of three people that picked on television Denver to win. Chris Sims, Adam Lefko. And Phil Sims. Phil, Big Phil did it, huh? We got a tweet yesterday that, yeah. that Big Phil was the only one that picked Denver to beat Dallas. Yeah,
1: good. Good to hear from Big Phil. Did
0: you convince him about well, that?
1: Well, no, I didn't convince him it. We talked about it though during the week. And, and and uh you know, he is my father and he does study the game like, like I do, where yeah. if it's he's got downtime he's gonna sit down and watch film and go through it and Yes, uh, we did talk about it during the week, but he had the same thoughts as me almost right off the bat.
0: Denver wins the game 42-17 to for right. the fifth straight year. The Broncos start off 2-0. and Pretty unbelievable. Uh, some little nuggets on this game. Uh, it was the 225th game for Jason Witten, passing Ed Tutal-Jones, hell of a streak. Yep. And Akib Talib with a pick six, uh, passed Deion Sanders for fourth all-time in pick sixes. I have had Sims go back and watch three... Three games of film today, right? Broncos, Cowboys, New England, New Orleans, and Kansas City, Philadelphia. That's where we'll have detailed breakdowns. Then Wednesday, we'll have more breakdowns on other games. But Denver, Dallas. What did you learn from studying the film? Okay, what
1: do you want me to start? I mean, I guess we got to start with the. I want to start. My
0: first question is: Yes, how did Denver stop Zeke?
1: Yes, Denver's. Some of the guys that we thought watching the game, right? uh, The kid. Gatsas in the middle, 99, second-year player to Georgia Tech. Sure. He was phenomenal, and he's really already – he's getting in the discussion, is one of the more impressive interior defensive tackles in all of football. It's all funny, three.
0: we got a Twitter question from Lucas Hunter that right. said, Adam Gotsis looks like a baller through two weeks. Are him and Wolf a top 3-4 end tandem?
1: They are certainly in that conversation. Yes, when you talk about those two, then you add Edomata Pecco in the middle, and then, okay, you got some good backups, but the guy that's really popped to me along with Gatsas, yeah. uh, and you know this, I mean, hey, listen, we're not going to talk about Von Miller. He's freaking Von Miller. Yes. But Shaquille Barrett is the guy that I just look at and go man is he all over the place he's amazing against the run even when Dallas tried to run sweeps and things outside yesterday when they realized man we're not going to be able to go up the middle he just did a phenomenal job taking on Witten taking on pulling guards not letting the run get outside and then he collapses the pocket a lot in the past game as well
0: I you know I was you was worried you know Zach Martin could push people Tyron Smith could push people were they just not getting pushed well I I think they have a
1: they have a rare combination. This is a rare defense. I mean, let's not forget that. I think we, we've we kind of brushed them to the side because they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yes. But they have a very rare combination, especially with Gatsas being the player he is because he was hurt a lot last year. And then getting a Pecco, but... It's a rare combination, my point of being size and speed. Mm. And I really think that's what Dallas got caught Dallas off guard. Dallas usually can handle the power teams, right? Like they handled Baltimore last year, remember? They yes. ran up and down the field on them. This was, I think, a little bit like, holy cow, wow, they're shooting the gaps before we can even kind of get off the ball.
0: And they can cool. also handle our strength. And
1: they handled the strength. And with the crowd noise added to that, it plays into Denver's favor because they were off the ball quickly all game long.
0: You just put out a video that said Baltimore is the best defense in the NFL but the way you're talking about Denver's defense.
1: It's really Is it those two and then everybody else? I I think they stand alone right now. Yes, I do. I think they're on another level even from Seattle. And I have a great respect for Seattle. Sure. You know that. But I think the thing that separates these two teams from Seattle is what I've kind of always said the last two years. They do more on defense. And so they might give up a play every now and then. But, man, they're going to create a lot of plays, too. It's not always going to be just the, you know, slowly bend, don't break method. And when you have those three corners on the edge yeah. and they were not scared of Dez Bryant, I mean, Akeep Talib should have had three interceptions. I mean, forget the one he returned to the house. If you really watch back the game, you go, Holy cow, he had two other ones right in his chest that he dropped.
0: We got upset last Wednesday with Mike Lombardi yeah. because he said that you can't win with Trevor Simeon. He's yeah. not really that guy. Right. In the first two games, Trevor Simeon's passer rating is 106.9. Has he done enough to answer the doubters? You have never doubted no, Trevor Simeon.
1: I have not. And I, I don't, you know, again, I, we all put losses on the quarterback way too often. Does he have room to grow? Did he take a stupid sack yesterday in the game? They ended up making the 50-yard field goal. He took a stupid sack at the end of the the game against the Chargers. But at the end of the day... When people are open, he hits them every time. He makes a few plays off schedule every game with escape in the pocket, throwing it on the run. He throws a great on the run. He can run for a few first downs, ran for a touchdown in week one, and yet they have an offense. And the next story of the game, though, forget Trevor Simeon. Their O-line whooped the shit out of Dallas. Really? I mean, what Ronald Leary was
0: like, oh, old
1: teammates eat crap. Here you go. I, wow. He killed it. Um,
0: Par- how are th- how are they when Garrett Bowles went out? By the way, it's a high ankle sprain, so it's not going to be too serious. huge.
1: But they managed without him; they really did. Uh, hold on, I want to pull up Watson. Metalik Watson was great on that side. You know, I think a lot of their center Parodies. He's one of the best centers in football. I just don't want to mess up these names because they actually are in the. New England, we're going to substitute a few linemen every now and then and keep you fresh. That's really? what. That, yes, they have been doing that. So Ronald Leary, when Ronald Leary came out, they put a guy named McGovern in, number 60, who I'm not going to sit here and talk to you. I'm pretty sure like,
0: he was a rookie that was taking the first few he, rounds with Connor he's McGovern. He's from Missouri,
1: right. So Connor yes. McGovern, right, exactly right. So I can't say I'm going to be able to sit here and evaluate him as an offensive player in the NFL like I got a ton of film on him, but it was impressive. Um, Bowles got hurt. And what else did they do? They they moved McGovern at 1.2 left tackle as well. So he was a fifth-round pick last year, McGovern. Okay, great. And then you had your man Barbary. Yeah, Alan Barber. Another guy who gets in the... Action it's and they so annoying to, the Eagles. Yeah, him. because they, th- that's what they've done. And then you go, out, you talk about like guys like they have depth on this line now. So one Remember, injury, they
0: traded Sambrello too. I know,
1: I know. But you know they got Donald. So you're Stevenson. super
0: high on the Broncos right now. I'm
1: super high on the Broncos. I'm super high on Mike McCoy. I think Mike McCoy when he went to San Diego, he realized you know what? I'm not enough of a a jerk. And maybe I need to be a jerk. How can you tell if a coach is
0: being a jerk by watching their team play? I,
1: I can see, one, his reactions a few times when they're walking up on the sideline. This is all no the film. Yeah, just on film. Even on TV yesterday, I was going, like, look at Mike. Mike's, like, fired off, pissed off. Not just like, hey, great job, guys. Yeah, great job. which
0: is what he always was. Right.
1: Now it's like, yeah. And then I read comments like today from his press conference. And he goes, we should have scored 50. And that tells me he has a different mindset. Wow! So I, I like those things. They how got it do, going.
0: How are the TJ Ward replacements?
1: Good. I knew you were going to go there. Simmons and yes. Parks. Parks. yes, and Darian Stewart. Yeah. Now listen, none of them are as physically gifted as TJ Stewart, TJ Ward, excuse me, but they're all really good. And Simmons is a real good player. Simmons is very good in coverage, and for his skinny frame. You know, what we would say in football is he knows how to shoot his gun, right? So when he sees it in the hole, he doesn't wait for the running back to come up and, like, run him over. Yeah. He just goes, oh, I see a hole. I'm going to run in there and throw my body at his legs, and he shoots his gun.
0: The big talking point also was Zeke being selfish on that play. hmm Did you think he was selfish? The play in question is there was an interception on a slant. The guy was already behind him, and Zeke kind of stood there. LaDainian Tomlinson taking a shot at Zeke, saying that it was a selfish act. Peter King saying that Jason Garrett needs to discipline him. Well, uh, listen, would I have liked for him
1: to turn around and run? Sure. Does this change my... First of all, there's no guarantees. He's not going to make the tackle. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. And number two this is your franchise he's the best player on your team period it's not even close so let's not start judging him or downgrading him because of his tackling skills now. And you know the point I made to you earlier, and I'm going to make it again. You know the last time I saw a really good running back trying to run down a guy after interceptions, his name was Terrell Davis on that same field It was the old mile high, running down, I think it was a Brian Greasy interception, and you know what? Somebody hit his leg and his career was never the same. And he had to wait all those years so he only had four years in the NFL and he finally got in the Hall of Fame. Good for him. But it ruined his career. So again, I don't give a damn. That's just a, That's just a bullcrap story that has a picture of Ezekiel turning around and people are trying to make something of it. I don't give a crap.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Uh, By the way, Garrett kind of blamed everything on Dak. How did Dak look?
1: Well, Dak was okay. I mean, uh, you know, they have to find a way to... First of all, their offense is not special. Like When you watch them passing-wise, Denver was all over their stuff. Not only in man-to-man, Denver was smart. They didn't just go, we're going to play you man-to-man all game long and just live on an island. That's not going to work this day and age in the NFL. When they got to some third downs and some obvious passing situations, They did what I always say to do. I could tell they did great self-scouting. And they dropped people in areas where I know Dallas likes to throw the football. That's what you should do. Right. And and so Prescott wasn't bad. He definitely wasn't his sharp self. Um, But... At the same time, it's hard to be a really good quarterback when you come out of the gates and you go, oh, we're going to run it, we're going to run it, and then it's, oh, crap, we can't run it, and now they know we're going to pass the yeah. ball all the
0: time. That's that's a tough thing to overcome. Matthew Harris brings up a great point, too. By the way, Shane Ray isn't back yet. I, I know. It's going to be unbelievable. It is. It is. Um, uh, all right, let's do now. Uh, so we're clearly very impressed with the Broncos. Super happy that we're high on I mean,
1: that. the AFC West, I mean, the, all three of those teams can win the Super Bowl. They're, Unreal. I mean, and the
0: Chargers can make the playoffs if so they can figure out a way to get really, back. Yeah, you're right. As we talk about the NFL right now, there are so many teams with bad offensive linemen play. Yeah. And partially because I'm looking around these defensive lines and I'm seeing these 6'6", 3'10", super athletic defensive linemen that have decided probably early on, how about instead of getting hit and protecting my quarterback, I'm going to be Tyron Smith, but I'm going to go at the quarterback. Yeah. I really think that's part of the issue right I, now with with Lyman. I playing. don't
1: I, I don't disagree with you, Lefko. and I think all the you know you add into that the lack of practice time, which offensive line needs practice time. It, they have a lot of calls and things they have to work out at the line of scrimmage, and along with that they're a step behind in college football. But I would say if there's two things that jumped out to me about a theme in week for the first two weeks. We talked last week how I think the referees are being a little more Liberal and letting the DBs make yes. contact on receivers, yes. which I like. I really do. I'm, I'm so sick of like, hey, he touched him with his fingernails, free fifty yards. Uh, and then the other thing I would say, the teams that we see are two and and0 or up there, all have good offensive line play. At least mm. they're really quality teams. You want to sure. go through, you know, you go through uh, Raiders, New England Raiders, Kansas City, Denver. Now yeah. the Cowboys. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons to this point, yes.
0: Cowboys are one on one, but I know
1: what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, gotcha. Uh,
0: by the way, so Green Bay played Atlanta last night, 34 23 Atlanta. I regretted my left goal lock immediately when I saw both starting tackles for Green Bay out, their mm-hmm. number one receiver out, their number two receiver left at halftime, and their best defensive player was out in the first <laughs> quarter. And I went, that was a dumb decision. Uh, anyway, Matt Ryan looked good, and we're getting a lot of crap because we are the podcast that says. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is the the best quarterback quarterback of all time. It was close. (laughs) You almost got it. Adam Lane hit us up in the comment section and said, let's guess, Bortles will be – Will be uh, like yelled at for turnovers, but Rodgers will be ignored. Pocket Integrity hit us up on Twitter and said, Matt Ryan, three, Aaron Rodgers, zero since 2016, outplayed him every single time. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, he broke the record last night for the fastest to 300 touchdowns with the least amount of interceptions. Yes. But people are still crapping on him.
1: Well, I I get it because, you know, again, I I just, I don't, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I just, you know, at points like, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen offense my whole life. I've grown around the NFL, and what he's asked to do, I mean – Matt Ryan, a lot of times, just look at highlights. Look at what, Matt Ryan looks at the first guy, he's open, and he throws it. Aaron Rodgers looks at the first guy, he's covered. Second guy, he's covered. Oh, do a cartwheel and then make something happen. Aaron Rodgers, that's what he's asked to do. Oh, 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 and I check the rules. Once again, they're allowed to have a run game in Green Bay, so it's all about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest <laughs> quarterback I've ever seen. The other thing, too, <laughs> you know, uh, again, they were dominated. There's no doubt about it. That Atlanta defense is legit, mm. uh, but uh, he can't block them Um the first interception? I mean, Christian. Co- Geronimo Allison, they showed him stopping. Okay. And when you're against that good of a defense, yeah, it's going to be tough. That's a horrible matchup. They're never going to beat Atlanta that way, especially
0: on that surface in there. No. You have been one of the first people to come out and say that Atlanta's defense could be better than their offense this year. Yeah. But after what I saw last night with that running game, could we have been too hard on the Falcons offense? M- because I liked the play calling a lot last night. And Devontae yeah. Freeman, man, he 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 hits that hole.
1: He does. So is Tevin Cole. No, yeah. they're they're phenomenal. I think though, more than not, they have proven me wrong to a degree to this point. But I'm not sitting here going to anoint the Green Bay Packers king of the run defense or defense in general, especially without Mike Daniels. Gotcha. And you know what? We found out also after week two. Uh, Seattle's offense sucks too. So maybe Green Bay's defense isn't all we cracked up cracked up to be gotcha. from the week 1 showdown.
0: Um But where are you right now with Atlanta's offense?
1: Atlanta's offense has been better than I would I would have expected. I think the thing to watch out for when I go with Atlanta is just let's see how much inventory Sarkeesian has, right? As so it starts start to, off strong. Right. How does it continue? Yeah, that's the year? that's the one thing I'll be looking at.
0: Is Atlanta the best team in the NFC? I we don't, still need to see Monday Night Football of Giants and Lions. I don't
1: think I, I – I don't even care. I think it's, it's yes right now. Wow. Yeah, I, I think right now if you look at the NFC, I mean, yeah, the Giants – I mean, the Cowboys won week one. They didn't play great, but they won. And, yeah, Atlanta, you know, went into a tough environment in Chicago – Tough game. Defense made a big stand. Yeah, they've won 2-0, and they're just still the NFC championship champions. Until proven otherwise, I'm going to give them the better of the doubt. They are the best team in the NFC. The AFC is clearly the better conference you right think now. think
0: that six of the top seven teams are in the AFC? I
1: do right now. Yes, I mean, I think if you go through the AFC West, those three teams there, yep. and then you go Patriots, Steelers, and Ravens, uh, I wow. think the only NFC team you throw in the mix there with them right now and on their level is Atlanta. Yeah, we're going to get to Minnesota in a little bit, but yeah.
0: it would have been nice to see them with Sam Bradford. Yes, right. The other thing that happened last night, when it goes back to our podcast Wednesday, man, they played on turf, and boy, there was a lot of injuries right? last night. right. Hey, we might have to get this in the Constitution Yeah, that there should be one field surface that every team plays on the NFL. I'm just tired of seeing guys getting hurt because their feet are getting caught up in carpet.
1: It is, and it's really hard on your lower body. Uh, Like I I can't even – the first time I ever played on it, right? The first time I – This is like a field turf? Field turf, a true field turf. It was in Atlanta, and I think it was like my – maybe my second year in the NFL, and they had the field turf. And I remember going through the game and going – damn, Like I'm cramping in my calves and my shins, and I don't know why. All I've done is hand the ball off and drop back to pass. Why am I cramping? And that's what the big guys always complain about. It's the reshock, right? And when you're applying force into the ground, force in the ground, you have rubber underneath you. It shoots it right back up into your body. Mm. And I do think that's a huge issue, along with the cleats maybe getting stuck in the material from time to time. Yeah. And of course, it's worse for when your head hits it too. So again, the the NFL they could talk about player safety all they want, but their actions don't. Don't say that. They don't care because at the end of the day, I want field turf so I can make more millions of dollars to have concerts on the field and college football games because my $400 million I make a year is not enough with my $3.1 billion team. I
0: need more. Uh, I will say this, though. That stadium looked amazing. It last is amazing, time. yes. And it was really cool when they put Collinsworth on the big screen. He said, hey, Atlanta. And they all <laughs> cheered and stuff. That was awesome. Uh, all right, let's go to the other team that we thought was going to be a, a big team in the NFC and that's Seattle. Yeah. Seattle takes on San Francisco surprise surprise a left go lock didn't work out. I should have <laughs> known. I mean they were up six nothing they were just blowing opportunities to put points on the board. Seattle goes on to win 12 to nine. this Seattle offense. Chris Carson, hey. 20 carries, 93 yards. He'll have to be the guy going forward. They started moving the ball towards the end when Russell Wilson just began running around. Exactly. Uh, can this Seattle offense come to life, or is this going to be an issue all year round?
1: I, it's never going to be a dominant offense. I think they can come to life to a degree because they'll find... Their little new formula for the year—that's kind of what always happens every year. They got to find the way they're going to play these games and yeah. find their routine as far as what is it's going to be. But uh, again, I was just starting on the film before we started this. Yeah. I mean, there's really no, from what I saw just through like the first quarter and a half on film, there's there's no magic there. The offense stinks. It's just like Green Bay. It's horrible. It's just like the Giants. It's horrible, um, and their O line. Got their ass whooped by
0: this this San Francisco D-Front. The San Francisco went into Carolina, played a great game. Or Carolina came to them, played great. Yeah. Is this is this San Francisco defense something? It, it
1: is it is something because their front four has a great mixture of size and athleticism. They don't have w- really any great pass rushers other than Aaron Lynch, right? And right. he only
0: comes so in. So it's and, Lynch, Solomon Thomas, DeForest. Lynch Spuck doesn't even start either. either. So
1: they so Solomon Thomas started this game. Okay. And then they, And what
0: did you think of the the
1: oh, top five he, picks? He's explosive as hell off the ball. He's a really good player. Uh, like I said, I don't think I ever think he's gonna be like a fifteen sack a year type of guy, but he's always gonna be in that Eight to twelve range, okay. and all said and done. But when they they put him and Eric Armstead at defense end, and then Earl Mitchell and DeForest Buckner inside, the hell of a line. it is it's big. It's size uh, with athleticism and their ability to kind of go down the line of scrimmage and stop the inside outside zone. It's phenomenal. And you know, of course, they didn't have Reuben Foster, who's really their best player.
0: Seattle's defense made life miserable for Aaron Rodgers yeah. this week. Brian Hoyer goes 15 of 27 for 99 yards. So if you're a quarterback, Seattle is a hard team to play.
1: Yes, they are.
0: But Carlos Hyde goes 15 for 124 and averages 8.3 yards a carry. Your best friend, Kyle Shanahan, our favorite coach in the the NFL. NFL. uh was this his offenses doing or did Carlos Hyde just do it all himself?
1: No, this is all, I mean, and Carlos Hyde looks phenomenal. I'm not ta- I'm taking any, this is, but that's this is what Kyle does. Kyle is phenomenal at stretching your defense out sideline to sideline and then having little wrinkles off of it to expose your overaggression to where now, okay, we've run the outside zone to the right, outside zone to the right and he's noticing the backside linebackers pushing too far. Is he noticing sudden, it during the game? During the game or he's got his eye on it during film all week to go and okay this is coming let me just stay with this i and feel then they like hit his it offense is
0: perfect for an aggressive defense like seattle that will over pursue if they see things that they recognize yes
1: it is it, it will t- totally take advantage of that and that's why he's had success uh, against teams that are really aggressive on the defensive side of the ball throughout his whole career but in this case the problem is is he has no great quarterback uh which you know listen i there's a part of me that still wishes he would have took Patrick Mahomes with the, the third pick of the draft, okay? Uh, Damn. Because, like, if he doesn't get Kirk Cousins this year, what what happens? What's going to go on then? We're going to be stuck with Brian Hoyer, part two? We're going to go with C.J. Beathard? I mean, I don't think C.J. Beathard's the answer. Kyle would argue, me, argue with me. I think he thinks higher of him than I do. Um, but, yes um, – they have a quarterback issue,
0: man. If there's only a way that you could talk to him and try and you know remind him of those things.
1: Oh no, you know NFL coaches they're so welcoming to outside <laughs> noise and talk.
0: All right, so we're talking about a lot of teams right now that are trying to contend, but there is one team that is the number one team. They're still number one in your power rankings. Yes, the New England Patriots. They are. New England knocks off New Orleans thirty-six to twenty, uh, and they go out there and Brady for the first time in his career throws three touchdowns in the first quarter. I feel like that must have happened before. That's crazy. I think it was three touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, Not only that, I saw some things yesterday that was magnificent. 14 seconds left in the first half. Tom Brady runs up in the middle of the field, Mm -hmm. gets tackled, Mm -hmm. and you looked at me and going, they're not getting this playoff, this field goal, because they had no timeouts. The Patriots do like a hockey line change in 14 seconds. The whole team runs off. The field goal runs on Goskowski one step back, one step forward, kicked. That's how good they are at executing. It was magnificent. It really is, right? And then to watch Miami watching the the end of that game where the Chargers and then their kicker runs on the field and they're trying to spike it. And then Miami calls a timeout and I go, none of you are ready for situational football. But the Patriots are incredible. Wait, with that. that
1: would have been the blunder of the day. First yes. of all, I don't think people realize what happened there. They were totally flustered, all over the place. And Phillip, Miami, they call- no timeouts. Yes. Philip Rivers wants to spike the ball but the, the kicking, kicking unit on the, ran, on. ran on the
0: field. And then Miami calls a timeout because reportedly yes. Gase wanted enough time to get a to get a kickoff in case it goes in. Oh. Which still is g- not give me a smart. break. Right. Yeah, that was really bad. But let's go back to the Patriots. Yes. The Saints are now 0 and 8 in September right. since 2015. Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I want to go negative before we go positive with the Patriots because yeah, okay. we all expected the Patriots to do, put up some numbers, right? But Brees and Payton—they're—they're they're getting stats at the end of the game. But well, how see, how much falls on those? Okay, guys? we'll
1: see. This is what, where's our comments right now. Is anybody commenting on Drew Brees' performance I'll and see. how it's overrated? Because this is where this is again. I get pegged as a Drew Brees hater, and I'm not. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a legend. Do I think he's slight overrated in people's eyes? Yes, I do. I think he's been an offense that just just lends itself to numbers, numbers, numbers. It doesn't matter who's played quarterback for New Orleans in the Sean Payton era. Whoever comes in when Breeze is hurt, they throw for three hundred and something yards and touchdowns too. So that's where it drives me crazy because I, I guess they're New Orleans and I guess he pleases the fantasy world all every week
0: that no one ever holds them accountable to what they do these stats are crazy we went and broke down first half versus second half uh just of the first two games this season in the second half of the first two games he's thrown for 390 yards in the first half combined he's thrown for 257 that's about 125 yards a half so he's kind of you know Padded those stats in the second half when the game is well out of reach because yeah. the game's been out of reach in both games. In thus far.
1: both games, and really the the week one Monday night game, he really padded the stats big time against the Minnesota Vikings.
0: James Aguirre yeah. saying it's the New Orleans defense they give up those three passing touchdowns in the first quarter. Hey,
1: they they stink. There's no doubt about that. Um, but but at the same time, I just don't feel like everybody else held to that standard. Like when when the Detroit Lions let up three three touchdowns in the first half, no one goes man. You know, it it somehow gets blamed on Matt Stafford still. It never never talked about with the defense. And then the same thing last night with Green Bay and Atlanta. That's all I hear. You know, it's, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. So, Breeze, a really good football player. He leaves a lot of plays on the field at times. That's the one thing I'll say. Because of his lack of arm strength at this point of his age, or his career, there's throws downfield that are there to be had, okay? And... You go, ooh, the receiver's open, they're going to get a 25-yard completion, and because there's not a lot of juice on the ball, the DB gets back of the play and knocks it out just as it gets there. But again, Drew Brees is being paid like he's Matthew Stafford or Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers, and they does not make any plays to lend – to lend me to believe that he's worth that type of money. Gotcha. And that's that's would probably be my big issue. He's still really good, don't get me wrong.
0: John Cronin, don't worry, we're getting to the Raiders. We're gonna get to every team, I promise. Let's do some quick hits because I know you watch the film. Yeah. Is Gronk healthy? Gronk looked a lot
1: better this week, yes. But now he's not healthy because he hurt his groin and that bothers me because I've had back problems and groin and back are connected and I would think there's something still wrong there. And yeah he's very fragile. But man, he was unbelievable. Their O line was unbelievable and the unbelievable. Saints, unbelievable. And the Saints' defensive game plan. Uh, was stupid. That's all I can really say. Yeah,
0: you wrote down in your notes, yes. why are you matching up with the Patriots? They
1: came out trying to play way too much man-to-man, which, I mean, come on. That's just not going to happen. Brady, Josh McDaniels, they're going to have a million plays to pick you and rub you, and the man-to-man's not going to work. And then, you got to do something different to throw Tom Brady off. Like 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 Kansas City did in Week 1. He dropped back a few times. He's like, what the hell is this coverage? Yeah, uh, You know, uh, Justin Houston's in the middle of the field playing Safety at 10 yards deep. So they, they lined up in vanilla coverages to where Brady was like, literally, like, okay, I know this coverage. Blue 42 said, hut. Mm-hmm. And he just sat back there and he waited for guys and buys time in the pocket and then makes the big time throws down the field. I mean, you can't say Breeze is in the class of Brady right now. That's, that's, no. so that's just one nit. You know, thing there.
0: You said in the beginning of the season that the Saints could be a team that could be a really big playoff contender. Yep. They're now 0-2, and the percentage of teams that make the playoffs at 0-2, it's insane. Yeah. 88% of teams that start off 0-2 do not make the playoffs, and I'm curious, out of all the 0-2 teams right now who you believe has the best chance to get it done, let's take a look at the teams and yeah. see which one do you think is more reasonable. In the NFC, it is the Bears-Saints and Niners in the AFC. The Jets, Bengals, Browns, Colts, and Chargers are all starting off at zero and two, and we're waiting to see about the Giants after tonight. What happens there? But of all the teams that are currently zero and two before Monday night, who do you think has the best chance to make it to the playoffs?
1: Well, the funny thing is, as I, I had saw this stat a little earlier, which actually jumped out to me, and I had no idea you're going to do this because I guess there's been the last four years there's been an 0-2 team make the playoffs mm. the last four years in a so row. So then they
0: have a chance. So,
1: But the two teams, there's only two teams in that list that have a chance in my eyes, and that's the Saints and the Chargers still. Uh, now, the Saints are really scary, of course, at this point. With that defense, yeah, I, I find that hard to believe. Uh, the Chargers are a team that... I do think the defense has talent. Phillip Rivers, they probably should have won the game and yesterday. They're two
0: field goals away from going to overtime and then right. maybe winning a Sunday's right. game.
1: Like yesterday I have no problem saying like they probably should have won the game. The first game, they got dominated and they just got lucky Denver messed it up trying to close the game. Do you out.
0: think the Saints or Chargers will make the playoffs?
1: I would say no. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think I'm pretty confident in that. I just don't think um I think the the Saints' defense has to scare you. And then them without a Willie Sneed, which I think can't go overlooked, right, uh, is scary. And, yeah, I just look at their, their schedule and go, man, Carolina, the Dolphins, bye week, Lions, Packers, you know, they're just going to be in too many tight, close football games where I just go, man, I don't have enough faith in their
0: defense. And then Drew Brees can't win a shootout every week. So mm-hmm. I would say no. There are still 14 games left, but those teams starting 0-2 this season at this point seems to be pretty much over. Uh, Let's get to, I think, the other game of the week before we get to Oakland and Pittsburgh and all that stuff. Kansas City, Philadelphia. Kansas City wins 27-20. If you'd like some little nuggets here about the leading rushers on both teams. Mm -hmm. Kareem Hunt, 62 of his 81 yards in yesterday's game, came after contact. The dude is physical. He is strong. And... Lefko picked him as his rookie of the year, and he's looking really good right yes, now. It is. The leading rusher for the Eagles in the first two games is Carson Wentz mm-hmm. with sixty-one yards. It is a scary, scary sight for the Eagles right now. You have watched the the film. Uh, first off, D Ford says that they call Wentz smaller Big Ben. Is <laughs> so that that's... accurate? Yeah, Do you like that. Smaller Big Ben
1: with a little more athleticism. But yeah, that's a great that's a that's that is very accurate. Uh I, if, if you think Wentz if anybody out there thinks Wentz is the reason the Philadelphia Eagles are losing, then they need to reevaluate your, your what you're doing when you're watching the game. You might be too intoxicated, okay? Because he is the offense at this point. He really is. There's nothing to talk about.
0: How uh, bad is the offensive line for the Eagles?
1: The offensive line. Th- this the offensive line is not horrible. It's not the offensive line. It's the lack of a running game. It's lack of a true downhill running game. There's it doesn't exist. It's always some gimmick
0: gadget. You know, so you mean it's never two guards turning the corner and pushing people. It's like it's never, a little misdirection counter. To it's Darren always sprawls
1: going around the edge or speed sweep this way.
0: Were you surprised that Legarrett Blunt had, he only had one carry yesterday was called back for a holding that he didn't get any carries yesterday?
1: I, I mean, I would think he would get a few more carries than that. Yes, um, you know. It's, Especially, listen, I, I don't know. They, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, Blunt does have a, a role for me, but I just don't know if your team is willing to go down the wormhole of what you have to do to make LeGarrette Blunt a part of the offense, which is be in some power running formations and let him work his size and physicality for more than one or two carries, a quarter or a half or a game.
0: You watch the film. What yeah. did you think of Doug Peterson's play calling?
1: It, it, it's, it's a little too basic. It, for the second week in a row, and I would say this for both sides of the ball to a degree. Well, surprise, surprise! But yeah, taught Doug Peterson. Um, but uh, yes, they were. There's a little too many repeat calls on the offensive side of the ball. There's definitely some tendencies in certain formations already. Where, already. Already, week two, definitely, and they they were they they played man to man against you guys a decent amount. But when they did play zone, they were ready and sitting in the areas that Weston's was just Wentz like was looking. Washington, just, not as bad as Washington, but yes, there was certainly enough of that. And then I think the other thing that jumps out to me, Left Go, about your Eagles is. Really, you got three of the same receivers. It's like they, they made the same guy, and they were just like, we're going to give this one, though, a little more size. There's Alshon Jeffrey. We're going to give this one uh, just a little more quickness. And that's Nelson Aguilar. And then they go, we're going to give this one, who's really stiff, just speed to run straight. And that's Torrey Smith. But they're yeah. all the same guy. There's nothing really to them. They don't create any separation. Um The biggest separation of the game, if you can remember this play, is one of the first throws to Torrey Smith. He had an in cut, yes, and Torrey Smith caught the ball and tripped and fell, and he could have gone the whole way. He would have been, it probably would have been a house call. I'm
0: happy that Zach Ertz. It's finally the breakout season for Zach Ertz. We've been waiting for it. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It's funny that I thought Kareem Hunt's big run happened when all of the starting D linemen were out of the game. They did,
1: but it wasn't their fault. I, I looked at it closely. It wasn't the D line's fault. It was a good play design, and then it was Jenkins having to fill the hole. Yep, and then
0: one on one with with Graham, the what, safety.
1: Well, yeah, and it's really not even one on one, Graham. It's it, it was. I would think the guy at fault was really Hicks. Hicks is the backside linebacker. He had no gap contained. He was supposed to be there to clean up the trash, and I think he got scared of the Kareem Hunt cutback, and he didn't get to the hole in time.
0: How was the Chiefs defense without Eric Berry?
1: Uh, It was pretty good. I mean, the Chiefs defense... Who fills in for him? Oh, uh, they they do a, a different... Bunch of different ways, whether it's Sorensen, you know, number 49. uh, They throw in like guys like Eric Murray, number 21, a kid, a corner out of Minnesota. They do it a bunch of different ways where they just kind of mix and match personnel all over the place. Um, Your man, your, your defense was awesome in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, Brandon Graham. Uh, Fletcher Cox, they whooped the crap out of Mitchell Schwartz. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz really struggled all game long. How uh, serious
0: should we consider the Chiefs?
1: The Chiefs, the Chiefs are serious. I think this is the one thing. I, I mean, the Chiefs still have to continue to be aggressive in the pass game because they're a lot like you. It's a lot of you know. I, I, in my world, we would say trick him and dick him In the football world, like yeah. there's a lot of that, right? It's speed sweep with Tyree Kill. It's speed sweep with Kareem Hunt. It's fake that and the shuffle pass to Kelsey. They have some phenomenal football players. There's no doubt about that. But they still have to find more ways to throw the ball down the field. And Alex Smith is trying to do that. He's just it's not natural to him, so he's trying to fight through that urge. And then their defense is just they can make plays. There's plays to be had on them. But man, they got a lot of scary dudes out there. I mean, whether it's your guy, Chris Jones, who you just talked about, yes. D Ford and Justin Houston are phenomenal. And then you go to Marcus Peters and Ron Parker in the middle, and you go, damn, they got a lot of good freaking players out there.
0: All right, so Kansas City is definitely
1: legit. Kansas City's for real. The one thing that's driving me crazy, can I get this off my chest real Please. quick? People are like, I've heard a lot of people on TV last night, like, oh, Alex Smith deserves more respect since October 7th of 2015. He's 23 and 4 or something like that, right? Okay, great. We're giving Alex Smith respect, but nobody's disrespected him more than his own team, the Kansas City Chiefs, who basically traded everybody to go get Patrick Mahomes, so they saw something did not respect. So... I just it, we can't talk out of both sides of our mouth. That's what I just feel like in the media sometimes. It's it's so spur of the moment. Oh, they're two and zero, and Alex Smith's numbers are okay, so he's great quarterback now.
0: Yeah, I will say this: there is such a it does feel like a very clear divide between the AFC and the NFC teams. It does seem like it, right? They, they just they seem more talented. They seem bigger. They seem yeah. faster. Better
1: coach too, I would say.
0: All right, let's stick with another Kansas City, the other AFC West team that we know is very legit. Yeah, Oakland Raiders go out there and do what they were supposed to. Do. To do, yeah. 45 to 20 getting through some bad jeff triplet calls
1: oh that's right that's re- you really should start right there let's
0: start with that guy Is he the worst ref in the NFL? (laughs) He calls an unnecessary roughness on Bruce Irvin. For tackling Forte Forte too hard? I mean, he literally tried to keep the Jets in the game.
1: Yeah, it was a little ridiculous. I agree. And it looked like it was about to be just a complete total blowout. It was 14-0. Bruce Irvin makes that tackle on Forte, like you said.
0: On third down. And because Forte's
1: older and a little more frail, he looked like a rag doll when he threw him down. It was like, oh, Personal foul, tackling too hard on 51. And then they score a touchdown like a few plays later with Jermaine Curse. But the Raiders are legit, man. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think the thing I'm most impressed with with that game is just they didn't really – they, they didn't fall asleep at the wheel. They didn't go, oh, it's the Jets, we're going to...
0: Cordero Patterson almost fell asleep <laughs> as he was, <laughs> was running for like a 50-yard touchdown. But he woke up and he got in. But
1: I mean, as a team total, yes. they were ready to play. And uh, I, I again, I just I can't help to just look at their team and go, man, they're big on both sides of the offense and D-line. And then... They got skill guys and playmakers where the game is important to them. I mean, they, you could tell, like, Crabtree, Carr, Cooper, Marshawn Lynch. Rashard, like, Washington. Right, they they all the run game. with a purpose. Yeah, and they're on the sidelines and like, damn, we should have scored. Or, yes, we did score. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and you got a guy like Khalil Mackley in your defense who's like, what, I'm the best defensive player in football? I could be better. I mean, it's just – so that lends itself to everybody else playing better. Carl Joseph showed up a lot in the game yesterday. It was good to see Gary and Conley out
0: there. I'm excited a to watch Malcolm that film. Malcolm Hero says, they didn't go near Conley. How good was he? Yeah,
1: I, I haven't got to watch that okay. film yet, but if, if our guy there uh, checks in on Wednesday again, I'll give him a good answer. Sean
0: Ostrowski tweeted us, how good has Todd Downing been to start off his career as an OC? Look looks super impressive. Super
1: impressive. Uh, now, their offense was good to begin with. I do think he's added... A little more variety to their offense, maybe, than they had the last two years under Bill Musgrave. But to me, they're like a team where I'm not going to say they're as complex as a New Orleans or a New England. They have a good blend of we know what we are, we're going to do this really good, and then we're going to have like eight or ten wrinkles every game to throw you off balance. And I have a lot of respect for that.
0: Who's a better wide receiver? Crabtree or Cooper yeah that's a good
1: question right now Crabtree the one thing I've been saying for the last 48 hours to anybody like he's the best 50 50 ball guy in the league right now it doesn't if, if if Carr throws it up to him and he's covered man he's got like monster hands and he just clamps that thing in there and catches it I would probably go with Crabtree over Cooper right now Cooper's just a little too inconsistent I don't know
0: what it is yeah is Todd Bowles gonna get fired midseason <sighs> no
1: Okay. They'll hang in there. I mean, I think I really think Chuck Pagano is probably going to be the first guy to go, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: I'm waiting for the before I like officially stamp my left co stamp of approval on the Raiders defense. I need to see them play a quarterback. Yeah, I get you. Because the Titans we saw they pushed around Jacksonville yesterday. You know there was a lob up touchdown. That's my only question about the Raiders is how will they do when they're facing another quarterback?
1: And they got they got one this week. So they got Kirk Cousins in D.C. With some passing weapons, so that'll yeah. be a good test. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins no. is you know Brady or than, Rogers. Yeah, better than better than anything they've played yet.
0: All right, let's go to the other high-powered team in the AFC. That's Pittsburgh. They took on Minnesota. First of all, what the hell happened to Bradford? How did it go from a surprise, questionable Wednesday where we looked at each other, and went, I don't know, to he's not playing and he's stiff as a board, and they could barely see the MRI through his scar tissue in his knee. Are, can we bet on Bradford the rest of the year? Uh,
1: I would think so. I mean, it's the same knee he's had two ACLs on, so there's obviously a lot of scar tissue. I would guess, just in my football world, I'm not trying to make like a doctor's prognosis, but I'm guessing he has like fluid buildup in that knee, right? That's what happens to those Is guys. Is this an
0: ongoing thing all year?
1: He'll have to battle it all year. He's probably going to have to battle it the rest of his life, really. Man. But, uh, you know, just maybe a week. You, know, you hit it the wrong way on the turf. Somebody lands on your knee the wrong way with the back of their knee, whatever it may be, yeah. and it can inflame those things. To where all of a sudden, like a guy like Sam Bradford, who has a little probably arthritis in his knee to begin with, now he can't even bend it, and yes. then he can't play. But that's that stunk that we didn't get to see him out there.
0: Pittsburgh is two and zero, but they've beaten Deshaun Kaiser and Case Keenum. Yeah, how serious should I be taking this team right now?
1: I, I think we, they're still regar- they're in the cream of the crop of the NFL. Okay, I think when you just look at their defense, uh, what they did in Cleveland, what they did from what I saw in that game yesterday. I mean, the front seven is is legit. The secondary is definitely better than years past. and I I think the big thing is the offense isn't even, they're not even there yet. So it's, they're a team that literally I just think is on an upward trajectory and they're going to get better and better.
0: Yeah, we're not going to see their defense tested for about four weeks. Their next three quarterbacks, they play Mike Glennon yep. in Chicago, right. Joe Flacco in that Baltimore offense. The defense will give the offense a test, but I don't know if the, the Steelers' defense is going to get tested. Yes. And then Bortles in Jacksonville. Yeah. so, so And then a the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are in week six, right. but that Baltimore Steelers matchup in two weeks is going to be heck of a game yes, it will be. and then Martavis Bryant it's good to see him back it's great to it see him it changes their offense
1: it does it completely changes our offense and I thought like Le'Veon Bell the stats weren't great but I thought Le'Veon Bell looked better as an athlete in this week so that tells me that he's getting comfortable and back in football shape
0: um, let's go to Baltimore Cleveland yeah you are, you've are you been high on Baltimore all offseason. Yes. And there are some statistics, mainly the turnover point statistics, yeah. that has your attention right now for this Baltimore defense.
1: Yeah, they're sick. I don't think I've ever seen a stat line that says we've let up 10 total points for the year and we've caused 10 turnovers. I mean, that's – that's insane crap. I don't care what quarterbacks or what team you played. I don't care if you played Northwest, South Louisiana University. That's still amazing. I mean, uh, they have it all this year. That's why I, I say it, it is a good conversation between them and Denver for the best defense of football because – They have tremendous size, as usual, but they have speed, finally, at the skill positions on defense. And that is going to be a big difference maker, especially if they want to be able to stop the New Englands in the playoffs and stop Big Ben in big games like that.
0: It's the first season where you're not going to look at me and go, I mean, Sharice Wright is on an island right now. Exactly right. They finally have secondary guys, Jefferson with Weddle back there. Yes, You love Brandon Carr, and Marlon Humphrey's proving you wrong.
1: He is. He's proving me wrong. That's right. Ozzie Smith is saying, eat that crap, Chris Sims. Shut your mouth. The Alabama kid. Report, but uh, yes. If you
0: like that 10 turnovers, 10 points thing, you might like this one more. The Ravens' defense has eight interceptions. The Ravens' wide receiver have nine receptions. <laughs> I don't know if I the like that. The <laughs> defense has almost as many interceptions as the offense has catches. Hey,
1: this is what happens, though, when you have a team that's elite on the one side of the ball, and then they realized oh, crap, Joe Flacco might not be very good the first few weeks, and when you're, it's just beaten in your head by yes. your defensive coordinator, like, you guys gotta carry the team the first few weeks. Yeah. Joe, we gotta get Joe. We gotta help Joe. He's not gonna be ready. Yeah. And when, they, the, when you have guys like Suggs and Dean Pease and all those guys rallying the troops like that, that that's a scary group. Baltimore's one of those oh shit teams when you walk in the field you go, oh shit. You've you
0: been big. on a team where the defense had to carry the offense? Yes, I have been. Uh, Yanda's out for the season. Marshall Yanda. That's the where guards. we gotta
1: go. That's, that's Huge. I mean, Yanda is in the conversation from one of the best guards in football. Now they've lost him. They lost Ricky Wagner in free agency. They lost their other starting guard in the preseason, Alex Lewis. And they so, lost
0: John Urschel, right? Who retired. So, because retired. Because it was, so yeah. that's it, it, it. Is a little scary to me when that, can that Baltimore offense be make this team a Super Bowl contender? Because the defense is there.
1: I do. I do think that it can be still a Super Bowl contender. I think there's two things that I like. I think Marty Morningweg is. He's a good offensive coordinator. I'm not going to sit here and try to lie to you and say he's Sean Payton, but he's very good, so they're going to have enough of a drop-back pass offense. And then the fact that they do have Greg Roman doing the run game, the run game coordinator, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I do think that they'll be able to hold it down enough to at least make plays and stay in games with that defense,
0: uh, Kaiser. Yeah, goes out with migraines. We had uh, Ringel, Andrew say, "I can I can't even watch a game with a migraine, let alone play." But what do you think of Kaiser thus far?
1: Yeah, uh, Kaiser did some good things in that first week. Yesterday, you know, again, let me let me go back and really give you a deep dive if you check back in with us Wednesday. I mean, uh, you you couldn't dial up a harder place for a guy to play a second game. If you didn't hear me last week, Baltimore, other than Seattle, is the second loudest outdoor stadium in the game. And then when you have to deal with a defense that's that talented with all the creative things they do on the defensive side of the ball, it's not easy. Uh, The one thing I'll say about him, Lefko, you know, he, he, of course, does have big play potential his size and fearlessness in the pocket show up as well, and that's a skill because I could show you a lot of clips of, let's say, Alex Smith in the Eagles game where I wouldn't go, man, there's a 20-yard in-cut. Would you just stand there and throw it, and you might get hit? Yeah. But instead, he looks at the rush and tries to get away, where Kaiser's just like, what? I'll stand there like a man and I don't care. I'm going to throw it in there. And Oh, I got hit? Great. I mean, I respect that.
0: We briefly talked about Miami versus L.A. Chargers. Miami gets the win 19-17. Where is J. Cutler at this point from what you saw yesterday, other than madly in love with Devontae Parker. <laughs> I mean, he looked at Devontae Parker almost every play, and rightfully so. The kid's a freak.
1: I, I mean, just again, I mean, Cutler looked pretty sharp yesterday. Uh, I, I, I didn't see anything to go, ooh, that's scary. Now it hurt San Diego they didn't have Jason Verrett, but... You know, like we talked about a little in the preseason, like Devontae Parker's—he's—he's going to be in this top he's ten AJ receiver. He's light. He is right. That's—it's a good way to put it. You're exactly right. Uh, he's probably not as fast, but does a lot of great things. Catches those balls down the field, and he's the perfect combination for a guy like Cutler because if Cutler does step up in the pocket or buy a little time, and he goes, "Oh, he's one on one," he's going to give him a chance to go get the ball down the field. And then Cutler's touchdown pass was that yeah. to Kenny
0: Stills? Yes. I mean, that was sick. That—that that was rolling like one the, right, hitting Stills. Carrossing across the back Who, of the end And zone. he
1: wasn't even open when he no. threw it. He came out the back door and hit him. That was one of the better throws of the game. Uh, the how weekend. is
0: Phillip Rivers with Keenan Allen and um, all of their receivers and Melvin Gordon? How are they only putting up 17 points? Yeah, that's
1: something I'd like to go back and look at. Now, that's again. That's why, like, week one, they got their butts whipped by that Denver that Denver team. you got to look at the context of the game and what happened at the end that made the score look closely. Um, but, yeah, that'll be something I, I again, I can give okay. you a better – Because
0: it's the second game in a row. I know Denver was tough. But yes. The second game in a row where I'm going – They moved the ball,
1: but they could never – Once they got to that fringe field goal yeah. territory, they usually got pushed out. They couldn't run the ball yesterday against Miami. And then, listen – our man missed two field goals. I mean, at the John end of the Hope day, came. they they could John have won Hope the crew. they could have won the game. Uh, and Miami's a better football team than they were last year, and they were in the playoffs last year.
0: Tampa Bay didn't have to play Week One just like Miami. They yeah. go out there and absolutely shellack a Chicago team that was really impressive in Week One against Atlanta, twenty nine to seven. Is it time to bench Glennon for Trubisky?
1: I think it is. It's just it's like. Just like what we talked like, why are we why are we delaying the inevitable? I don't understand.
0: Because Glennon's gonna protect the ball more than Trubisky. Yeah, then
1: that's what he did yesterday. I know, right? Oh, wait, he threw a pick six. Oh, wait, he threw the one to Quan Alexander to start the game and he really got them off to a bad start. So that's my point. You're exactly right. So if that's the reason he's in, then put Trubisky in because that's not holding true. He was bad in turnovers in preseason game number two and number three, Glennon. Trubisky protected the ball all preseason, oddly enough, for a rookie quarterback. And you have an off offensive line and an offensive coordinator in Dow Logans that I think will know how to protect Trubisky the right way and get him in a game plan that's going to make him feel comfortable. But I'll, I'll stand by that again. What are we, what are we waiting for? So you're not going to the Super Bowl, Chicago. I, this Justin, the Bears aren't going to the Super Bowl this year, everybody. So get it started now because it's only going to help the team next year. When you don't know what wait until games. maybe
0: an easier part of the schedule. I,
1: you know, I, 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 you just you can't wait. Just go. It's it's okay. It, there's there's no there's no easy way into it. No why matter would what. they?
0: Why would they want to keep it? You know, why would they want to keep Glennon I
1: don't know. I don't have an answer for you there. It's obviously a John Fox little thing there because he seems to be more adamant
0: about it not happening than anybody. Mm. Um, Now, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Are they – we're always worried about them being a contender. Right. We never know if they have all the pieces. If their
1: defense – their defense is the question. I mean, that that's really the big the big deal. And the way they looked yesterday, I mean, Quan Alexander getting that interception early, which was a bad decision by Glennon. Um, you know, and then the big thing is we need to see consistency out of their pass rush, out of the airs, the Noah Spencers of the world. We know Gerald McCoy and Quan Alexander and, you know, uh, Levante David yep. are all awesome on the inside. Um, but I'm not s- necessarily sold on that secondary either. And I won't lie to say that I'm actually sold on Mike Smith, the D coordinator. Like I've told you before, he running the same defenses that I was playing against them with in 2005, and that's not always a good thing.
0: Tennessee writes all their wrongs from week one, and they beat up the Jaguars 37-16. A lot of people were calling us out on Twitter, including dubs 88 saying, is the Titans' offensive line still overrated, or did their performance against the Jags' front seven change that? Hashtag fact or fluke.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, and yeah, I mean, listen, that was my fear after watching that game week one. I just went, man, are they as good as I maybe have crowned them to be or we both have crowned them to be over the last few years? And I raised my concerns about the guard play. uh they brought it that was a physical game in fact I mean we weren't like focused in on that you and I as we were watching that but when I looked over there they were awesome at stopping the run against Fournette they made it like okay Blake Bortles you're gonna have to beat us Yeah. and early on it was a slugfest and it did it just looked like really Tennessee kind of wore them down eventually on that side of the ball um you know, they're they're a good football team. It's just how good are they? I think
0: it's so hard to evaluate the Titans' defense because in week one, they played Derek Carr, yes. which he could do anything to you. Right. And week two, they played Blake Bortles, who can't do anything to you. No. Blake Bortles in quarters one through three was 11 for 25 for 89 yards in the fourth quarter with the game well in hand, nine for nine for 134 yards. There you
1: go. And that's Blake Bortles. That is exactly
0: right. Uh, Derrick Henry is a freaking animal.
1: He's a freak. That, that, that needs to happen. I'm ready
0: for Derrick Henry to play over DeMarco Murray.
1: Yeah, they need to just make him the guy. It's officially time for my, for my money, too. I mean, when I watched it on TV, when I watched it on film last week, Derrick Henry's got one extra gear that DeMarco Murray does not. And I De- agree. And Derrick Henry's got sneaky power.
0: Uh, Houston, Cincinnati. Talking about questionable quarterback play. We're going to go back to Thursday night. Holy by the way, crap. download the Bleacher Report app. Just came on it. Uh, just came on the app. Jalen Strong has been released by the Houston Texans. Wow. He has been somewhat of a headache for them, getting suspended for one game this year and all right. the other issues. Um, I just want to quickly note about Marvin Lewis. Of the five longest tenured head coaches, Marvin Lewis is the only one without a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. In fact, despite being the second longest tenured coach behind only Belichick, he has yet to win a playoff game for the Bengals. Uh, One other fun note, of all of the Houston uh, players to hold the ball, Clowney was the fastest runner in that fumble return. Watson was fastest at 17.78 miles per hour. Clowney was 17.98 miles per hour. That's how much of a freak Clowney is.
1: And it's not even as fast as he used to be because he's had surgeries on his knee and everything else. Go ahead. I was just going to say,
0: there is now seemingly a quarterback controversy in Cincinnati. Some Bengals even saying that they want Kaepernick over Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, Chris Sims, you have said... Andy Dalton, he's the guy. He's better than people say. Are you done with Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback there in Cincinnati? Yeah, I, I'm. Very, I'm
1: very close. I'm not going to say I'm done. Uh, this game, though, this week against the Green Bay Packers they got coming up. Yes, uh, there's there, there's a lot of things I can hit on here with Andy Dalton. First of all, I mean the offense does stink. They got to find a way to do something to make a team go. Oh. You do this well, and we have to stop that. And, that. and it would be nice if they could make A.J. Green that guy. I don't know what the hell they're paying him all that money for when he's the most talented guy on your offense. They don't do anything to make a team force their hand, right? Like, we, we when you play New England, you go, we better stop Gronk in the pass game or yes. we're screwed. And when you do, overdo it, that's what opens up everything else.
0: But how about Andy? Because you, you messaged me during that game and said he hasn't made a play yet. It has not made one play in any and of the games. And you also said, look, yeah. It's been this way for the last few years. Yeah, the last you few years. You don't need to see any more. I don't
1: really need to see any more. I mean, he was very middle of the road at best when we were going through the years of playoffs, right, and getting to the playoffs. Right. He was always – there was always there more to be wanted when you watched a film. You go, oh, man, he – I mean, yeah, they won, but he missed A.J. Green twice down the middle of the open, open for the field. They would They should have blown that team out, and it was close because of Andy Dalton. Um there, there's things that bother me, first of all, like the leadership on, on Cincinnati. I, I can't watch Andy Dalton go three and out one more time and then walk off the field like everything's fine. Like w- At what point do you start MFing people? I mean, I don't I understand that. I've never seen a team so content with going three and out.
0: So how many more games before this is you, it. you use the rope This and it is it might be A.J. This Karen. is it, yes. So the Packers game is the game. A.J. McCarron, again, listen, I think
1: there's he's got a little more something to him as a person, a little more, I don't know how to even phrase it, pizzazz- you know, Gusto. kahunas, right? sure. whatever. Um, and, I mean... When so this is ca- it. This this weekend's it. I think so, because Andy Dalton's not talented enough for you to just sit here and keep justifying this. You know, th- just think about the fourth down play, right? The end of the game. Okay, he has Erickson on the slot out. Yes. He threw it 10 feet over his head. I mean I'm just sorry no, none of the top 20 quarterbacks in football would have done that. That's that's troubling. And then in a game, I got to rant in here for a second. I mean, Deshaun Watson made the biggest play of the game. So, he outplayed Dalton from that standpoint. He made the most significant play. And then I got to on, get on their coaches. I mean, first of all, at some point, can we change? Why would you get in a physical slugfest for the Houston Texans? That's that's what they are. Bill O'Brien is like, what? You want to get in a bar fight? And that determines who wins the game? Let's do it. I mean, that's what they are. That's what they pride themselves on. So why would you get in that game? At one point do you go hurry up offense, spread them out, try to change the pace, try to make Houston and Deshaun Watson's offense have to play a game that they didn't want to play because they played with seven offensive linemen. They had no tight ends on the game they had to bring up a guy from practice squad to be a tight end so they would have 7-0 linemen Braxton Miller to the right DeAndre Hopkins to the left and this is where Cincinnati's defense was stupid all he did is throw to DeAndre Hopkins when do you double team the guy and go let me see if he can throw to somebody else or feels comfortable throwing to somebody else
0: I'm just very interested it sounds like this weekend is it to see if Andy Dalton is still so. going to be the guy, yeah, I do. we'll find out. Yeah, uh, Carolina Buffalo, mm-hmm. an absolute slugfest that you made three hundred dollars on, which was pretty awesome. I am. Uh, Cam looked healthy early on. Yeah, he was running, he was throwing. Greg Olson though is going to be out six to eight weeks surgery on his foot. That's big. Uh, Carolina's defense has been fantastic thus far. They so have. has Buffalo's. Yeah, can Carolina now two and zero? This offense, though, has been very sluggish. I don't think Christian McCaffrey's been the stud that everyone's thought he would be. He just hasn't been able to break anything yet. Can Carolina do this? They can.
1: I don't think it's ever going to be real pretty for them. They have a great dose of medicine coming this week. The New Orleans Saints, so that'll get so the that offense, offense going. all of a sudden
0: will be clicking. <laughs> but
1: no, they're going to really hurt. That's going to hurt them that Greg Olson is not there. He's he's the guy like yeah, we Ed just Dixon's talked about. Not the guy like we just talked about with Cincinnati. Like Carolina makes you go. No, you have to stop Greg Olson or or or, or we're going to hit him every or time. Cam's going to hit him right in the chest all game long. So they at least do that. Um, that hurts from that standpoint. Yes, I did think Cam was better yesterday. Um, he missed a few throws late in the game. That could he was have, also under attack. That's the, where we got to go with it. That. That's where I wanted to go because, really, I mean, it showed that Sean McDermott knew the Mike Shula offense. He exposed the protections a number of times, I thought, when we were watching on TV just yeah. going, oh, he knows where the line's sliding. He knows where the back's going. He's made it look like he's in a pressure this side, and then he came the other side, and Carolina was like, oh, crap, what do we do now? Yeah. Um, so it was good game planning that way. But, yeah, I think I'm encouraged by Carolina's defense, of course. They have not played any great offenses. But, man, that front seven is freaking
0: awesome. And i also say this. I've been impressed with Sean McDermott's Buffalo team. Yes. They fight. Yes. Uh, you don't really have the guy in Tyrod Taylor, I don't think. But, man, that defense gets after people. They do. Uh, Washington, L.A. Rams. Washington holds on for a 27-20 win of a game that, like, had no feel. Yeah. It was like a 70-yard Chris Thompson touchdown, then like a 40-yard girly touchdown. But neither quarterback really played that well. Uh, Cousins Goff, your evaluations just from what you saw.
1: Yeah, just on TV, I mean uh, the thing I think I looked at at Cousins I don't feel like he made any shaky decisions, which has been, was a little bit of the issue in week one and even in the preseason to a degree. Um, It was good to see their run game get going. I mean, they got two talents of an offensive line with Bill Callahan as their offensive line coach to not have some success there to help their past game out. I still think their past game's a little bit of work in progress. But Terrell Pryor's been kinda Yeah, he's not been not been all that, right? What so about I'm, Goff? Golf, I listen, I I've, i thought I liked what I saw from Goff again yesterday. I mean the interception at the end was horrible. So that really like kinda ruined a solid day. Yeah. But when I watched golf, and again I'll give you another deep dive on Wednesday, uh, I don't at least watch him like last year where I just go, damn, I mean, he's scared in the pocket, and he's missing open receivers. He has poise, and when the receivers are open, he He has hit hit them. them. You're
0: right, which is a definitely step up from last year. I think the big thing for me was Gurley looked like rookie year Gurley. Yes, he did. He looked like he's back in the fold.
1: McVay will get it going, and again, to Gurley, to his defense, because we've been critical on him, you know, hey, when the defense actually has to worry about a passing game and a Gerald Everett who's good and Sammy Watkins and company... It's amazing what it can do for the run game. And Cooper Cup,
0: is, yes. is looking like a hell of a player. White right boy now. supreme. Uh, the one game that we're saving for last before Monday Night Football is Arizona Indianapolis. Uh, Arizona comes back and wins in overtime, sixteen to thirteen. Carson Palmer though wasn't I mean, good. Yeah, what, what's the plan there? Do you start to look to move on from him? I, I, I would think
1: that it's in the back of Bruce's mind. Like if they lost yesterday, I would have been interested to see where it goes. I can't sit here and lie to the people and say I watched much of that game yesterday. I'm sorry. That was the worst game on the schedule yesterday. I would have rather watched Jacksonville, Tennessee. I think it was a better game.
0: No, that we did watch yeah. Jacksonville, Tennessee. I
1: know. So it was. It was better. But uh the one thing I'll just say from when we did catch it late, I mean Palmer did make some big throws down the field. They're they're gonna have to play through their defense this year. And it's it's gonna be interesting to see to me if Bruce Arians can play that way because he wants to be aggressive offensively. But Carson Palmer, uh, they need to just hope they can have some semblance of a run game. He needs to be really conservative with his decisions passing the ball, and trust that Bruce is finally going to get some people open as the game goes
0: along with his play call. I and love that. Isn't it Dallas-Arizona Monday Night Football next week? I think you're right. Desperate Arizona team. with a re- I think the defense has been great. It has been. So that's the thing that people aren't paying attention to because Carson Palmer's been so bad. Yes, but the but, D was good against Detroit,
1: and they looked good yesterday. And... uh Jacoby percent's better than Scott Tolson. I know that just from what I saw on TV. Not even, it's not even close. close.
0: Right. Uh, all right, let's go to Monday Night Football. You guys will be listening to this after the game is over. So this is our opportunity to make a prediction and hopefully yeah. sound really smart. Right. Uh, last week, who did we take?
1: I Oh, in this game? Monday Night Football. Oh, oh
0: we got both wrong. I, no, 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 no. We got the Chargers right. We got it
1: right. And I, we got the Saints wrong. Yeah, I picked Denver to win 23-20. All
0: right, so the line right now is Giants minus five, Ooh, right? That's too many for uh, me. I'm going to make my pick, and then you tell me if I'm crazy. Okay. The uh, visiting team in this series, mm-hmm. in the last ten times they faced, is eight and two against the spread. Games in New York. The Giants have not scored 20 points in six regular season games. Oh, They're averaging not even 14 points a game, about 13.9, just over 200 yards a game of total offense. Uh, Eli Manning, it's been nothing. And that's with Odell Beckham Jr. in those games. Yeah, right. They beat the Lions 19 to seven, but that was right after Stafford hurt his, his hand. Finger, right, uh, and I think it's going to come down to, as I know Giants fans fear, that offensive line and what I believe is a very unheralded front seven that I think is very good. Yes. You know about Ezekiel Ansah. You know about Haloti Nada. I think Cornelius Washington, I think Zettel, I think... Uh, you got to remember Sean Robinson. Sean Robinson's been an absolute stud. Yes. And I think floating behind them is Jared Davis, who I think has been an, a really good player... He has. ...for the Lions just yes. out of nowhere. I think the Lions will create a lot of pressure. I think the Lions win this game straight up because I think that the Giants' offense stinks. Whether or not they have Odell... You're still going to rely on Odell making a guy miss to get it done. You're going to hope he beats Darius Slay. That's what you're going to hope. I just think this is going to be a very low-scoring game because the Lions, I think, go a little bit side-to-side with their offense, and the Giants are not going to miss the opportunity to make tackles. It's going to really come down to Golden Tate and Galladay to get it done. But I see that the Lions winning this game – Twenty to seventeen, maybe a maybe a seventeen to thirteen game. I don't even know if the Giants get up to seventeen. It could be
1: that. Yes, I'm, so, I'm with you. I mean, I, I you
0: know, Mike, it's the better quarterback, the better coach, yes, the better offensive line, and then defensively, the Giants have a better defense. But I think the Lions have a good defense. They too. do,
1: they do, they do. You're right. So the the Giants' strengths don't necessarily cancel out the, some of the weaknesses of the 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 Detroit Lions. This is the one thing I'll just throw out there from my personal experience. It is the Giants' home opener. It is Monday night football. And the Giants are going to be desperate. They really are. I mean, I know it sounds weird to say desperate in week two, but they're going to realize like, damn, we go 0 2. That's trouble. Um, and maybe they are the team that goes 0-2 this year and can maybe make it in the mm. playoffs because nobody looks like they're going to run away with the NFC East in general.
0: The over-under is 41. Ooh, yeah. I, I know
1: on our pick thing, I have picked Detroit to win 20-16. to 16. I'm going to stand by that. I am scared of it. I don't think I put a ton of money. I think I bet $100 on our yeah. thing. Uh, but I think, I think with the improved offensive line of Detroit, and then, you're right, Detroit's defense is unheralded. It's better than people realize. They're big up front. They can, they're they not going to be overpowered by the Giants, and they might collapse the pocket on Eli. Uh, I'm I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Galladay is a difference maker for them. Galladay with the other receivers and Amir Abdul and everybody, this is going to give one more weapon the Giants are going to be like, damn, we didn't have to worry about this guy last year when we played Detroit. Now they've got to deal with, like you said, a healthy Matthew Stafford and a Galladay. Yeah. I'm
0: going with Lions. The only, the only thing that really scares me about picking the Lions is they're not going to be able to get a running game going at all tonight. Probably not. Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, they're not doing anything. But, man, if the Giants lose this game and then 1 o'clock next week take on the Eagles, mm. I mean, they could start off 0-3. They could. But it'll be very interesting. Where's the Eagles Every- game at? Philadelphia. Oh, baby. Man. Everyone, though, is paying attention to Odell. If Odell plays, the Giants have a chance. Yes. If Odell doesn't play tonight, Ooh. I'm giving the Giants zero chance. So they of might
1: running. have to win like 13-10 if he doesn't play tonight. That might have to be that. Their defense might have to play that good. And
0: I just expect Matt Stafford to have a much better game than last year with a messed up hand. Yes, I, I don't. Maybe. Hey, you're going to listen to this tomorrow. You're, we're either going to sound really smart or really dumb.
1: Yeah, I'm in I mean Stafford. I'd be shocked. Stafford's a, he's an animal right now. He's he's Aaron Rodgers esque. I mean, as far as making plays that are not drawn up on the playbook, he can just make it happen – they're going to have their handfuls, hands full stopping him.
0: That is our week two in review. On Wednesday, coming out Thursday, we're going to have our deep dive podcast. We have some new submissions to the Sims and Lefko Constitution. Uh, our, heal guy heal. Has, our guy has gone out and rewritten some stuff. I have an amazing story about what happened to me at the Jay-Z concert on Friday night oh, yeah. that you don't even know about what happened. Right. Very excited to I share gotta that. i got to tell you about my cat, too. How about that? How about that for a tease? <laughs> uh, Jay Z and a cat. Yeah. Uh, and Crazy then coming up crap. later this week, again, our week three predictions with money. We made you guys a lot of money this week. Money, money, money. And I'm feeling confident that will continue. Sims and Lefko, thank you guys so much for Sims. Peace out, homies. Josh would say good evening, good night. I'm Lefko. Peace out, y'all. We love you. And we will join you a little bit later in the week.